If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a bunch of them, and most of them are free with Kindle Unlimited. Don't have Kindle Unlimited? No problem. They're all priced pretty cheap. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. Santa. I've been pudgy all my life. My hair turned frosty white while I was still a teenager. I'm the type of guy who would have to shave twice a day to avoid constant scruff. But since I hate shaving, I just grew a beard. And yes, my beard is as white as my hair. I have a naturally deep voice and a bellowing laugh. By the time I was 20 years old, everyone called me Santa. I can't tell you how often people walk by me on the street and holler out, Ho, ho, ho! What I once thought of as a curse turned out to be a blessing. I was about 25 when I embraced my Santa-like qualities and started working for the malls throughout December. My first year, I pulled in almost 10,000 bucks. Here's another important side note about me. I love kids. I always have. Their laughter, their joy, their playfulness, their love. They're so innocent and pure, not having yet been corrupted by life. Their endless curiosities are a constant reminder to me to stop and smell the roses. In a world that gets more standoffish by the year, Kids are never shy about giving great big genuine hugs. They are flat out entertaining. One might think that sitting in a chair playing Santa would get old quick, but not for me. Talking to little kids and hearing their innermost desires is a joy and gazing out and watching their antics while waiting impatiently to sit on my lap is better than any television show I'm aware of. But the best part of having such a Santa Claus-like appearance is watching the kids as their little jubilant faces light up when they see me. I quickly learn that there are more opportunities for people playing Santa Claus than just sitting at the mall listening to what adorable children want for Christmas. I hooked up with a photography company that pays me to pose with children and entire families as Santa Claus. This is a huge moneymaker for me. Once word got out about my services, I started getting booked for corporate events, private events, and parades. It used to be that I only made money playing Santa from the day after Thanksgiving to the day after Christmas, but that's not the case anymore. I now have a talent agent who books appearances for me year-round. I do movies, TV shows, commercials, 
and countless other events. I'm a proud graduate of Santa School. During the off-season, I spend my time teaching other prospective Santas how to do the job and do it well. The latest Christmas season had been my busiest yet. I had been working non-stop, only allowing myself enough spare time to have an ample breakfast, a hefty dinner, and a solid night's sleep. I was hired to work a full Saturday at an orphanage located on the outskirts of Nashville, Tennessee. When I arrived, my jaw dropped at the imposing structure. It was a sweeping five-story fortress. The various curved and pointed tower roof lines made the dwelling feel more like a castle than an orphanage. I don't know how old the building was, but it looked ancient to me. The brick building was severely weathered and the wooden window frames appeared rotten and uneven. The orphanage was covered in dried vines, which I imagine in the spring and summer brought a lush, lively appearance to the building but in December, just added to the cold, lonely atmosphere of the orphanage. I was met by a spindly man in his fifties. He wore a plain dark suit and wired frame glasses. His hair was neatly slicked back and he introduced himself as Mr. Turkle. Mr. Turkle led me down a dark, dreary corridor to a big empty room that I assumed was a cafeteria at one time. At the end of the room sat a massive throne. A long, narrow, red carpet had been rolled through the room leading to the foot of the throne. Mr. Turkle instructed me to sit on the throne and explain that they would lead the children in to sit on my lap and tell me what they wanted for Christmas. Every child they brought in looked malnourished and was dressed in a drab, gray uniform that appeared to have been designed in the 1920s. It was a sad sight, but the children beamed when they saw me, and that warmed my heart. For some of these kids, I would be the highlight of their year, and with that came the responsibility of putting on the best Santa act I had ever achieved. The day started out grand. The kids rattled off lists of items they wanted for Christmas. As a Santa Claus, I learned a long time ago never to promise kids that they would get what they wished for. I'd simply assure them that I would do my best for them. Some of the kids asked for puppies or kittens. Knowing that these orphans wouldn't be allowed pets within the orphanage, I'd explain to them that my sleigh was far too cold to carry puppies and kittens on, but that I'd bring them something else that I knew they'd enjoy. The most difficult part of my day was when an orphan child would ask me when they would have parents. I got choked up a few times, but would tell them to be patient and that Santa was looking for the best parents he could find for them. We were halfway through the day when a sickly pale girl with long stringy hair sat on my lap. Unlike the other children, she wasn't happy to see me. She held a blank expression and seemed weak and lethargic. Turns out the child was quite ill. I found out the hard way when she vomited all over my Santa jacket. The vomit in question was thick, sticky, and putrid. This was not a situation where a little soap and water would do the job. 
My Santa jacket was going to need some deep cleaning. Fortunately, I always keep a spare costume in my vehicle. I told Mr. Turkle that we'd have to take a break while I changed, but he was having none of it as he spoke to me in a stern voice. We're not paying you to take breaks. There are a lot of children waiting to see you, and we don't have time for you to meander out to your car to change. Luckily, we have a Santa jacket available for you to use in the next room. I'm very particular about what kind of Santa outfit I wear. Mine are custom-made and top-of-the-line. I was not comfortable with changing into some cheap, flimsy, dime-store knockoff. When Mr. Turkle presented the Santa jacket to me, I was astounded. It was magnificent. I could tell by the material that it was an antique that had not been used much, if ever. It was an energetic red with plush velvet. The lavish white fur felt like authentic animal fur. I put the jacket on and initially felt it to be a tad large, but after moving around for a few seconds, it seemed to fit perfectly. It was almost as though the suit had conformed to my body. Where did you get this thing? We found it in the basement. I looked at the pristine condition of the jacket. There was no way that this had been laying around in some gloomy basement for years. That's when Mr. Turkle explained that the jacket was found in a box. The box was hidden under the stairs and was chained shut. The words, do not open, were stenciled on the sides of the box, which intrigued us. You can imagine our disappointment when we opened it only to find this Santa jacket. This was the only thing in the box? Mr. Turkle nodded and insisted that I get back to my Santa Claus duties. I didn't have time to ponder as to why a Santa jacket would be chained up in a box with the words, do not open on it. I had countless kids to cheer up. The first child that sat in my lap after I donned the new Santa jacket was a homely boy with a bowl haircut. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? A toy car. Have you been a good boy all year? The boy nodded and then I spewed out some words I couldn't believe. I don't believe you. You're a bad little boy and you will get nothing for Christmas. Tears streamed down from the little boy's eyes as I pushed him off my lap. What had I just said? I should have felt awful. I should have been ashamed and ridden with guilt, but I wasn't. I didn't feel bad about it at all. It brought me joy. With that, it was time to welcome the next little vagrant. This one was a disgusting little girl with a runny nose. She smelled of stale urine. She was holding a filthy old rag doll. What do you want, you ugly little thing? A new dolly. This one is old. You don't deserve a new dolly, you little bitch. As a matter of fact, I grabbed the old rag doll from her hands and ripped its head off. You don't deserve this one either. I tossed the destroyed doll to the ground and shoved the little girl off my lap. She fell to the ground with a thud and started bawling in pain. Within seconds, another unattractive girl was on my lap. Horrid little thing would likely grow up to be a thieving whore. What do you want for Christmas, you little brat? 
She looked up at me with puppy dog eyes. This morning I would have been saddened by the sight, but now I saw nothing but a disgusting, pathetic leech begging like a bum. Her words appalled me. I want a new mommy and daddy. You'll never get another mommy and daddy. Nobody wants you. I then leaned over and whispered into the little wench's ear. If you ever do get a new mommy and daddy, Santa is going to come to your house late one Christmas Eve and chop their heads off. I picked up the little hussy, tossed her off of me, and stood up on my throne to address the rest of the dregs that were waiting to see Santa Claus. You're all losers. You're all scum. There's a reason you have no parents, because they didn't love you. Nobody will ever love you because you're all evil children. You all deserve to die. That is enough. Mr. Turkle began stepping toward me in a stern manner. Take one more step toward me and I'll snap your little skinny neck like a twig. Mr. Turkle stopped in his tracks and stared at me in shock. I gazed out over the hordes of crying children that stood before me and found myself overwhelmed with delight. It was a beautiful sight to behold. Ah, if only I could bury them all in the ground neck deep and run a power mower over their heads. As these thoughts raced through my mind, I found myself caressing the suit I was covered in. I noticed a subtle emerald glow manifesting around me. The jacket was magical. It was wondrous. It was majestic. It's the suit! I turned to see the sniveling, scrawny Mr. Turkle running toward me, shouting, It's the suit! It's the suit! He slammed into me, knocking me from my prestigious throne. I lost my bearings for a moment, but once I collected myself, I was going to kill him. I would rip his head off like I did that rag doll. I'd hold it up high and laugh while displaying the blood-dripping head to the children, thus making them scream in terror. Suddenly I felt Mr. Turkle ripping the jacket from my body. That glorious jacket! It was mine! It was mine! It was mine! For a moment everything was dark and quiet, and then all I heard was the sobbing within the room. I looked up to see the saddened eyes of the children and the lanky Mr. Turkle hurling the Santa jacket to the ground. I began rubbing my head. What happened? Mr. Turkle described to me the events that unfolded while I donned the evil Santa Claus jacket. I remembered it all, not as a participant, but as an observer. Mr. Turkle and I agreed that the Santa jacket must be destroyed. We tried shredding it, but the material was too tough. We doused it in gasoline and attempted to burn it, but the gas rolled off the jacket like water off a duck's back, and the flame would extinguish the moment it touched the material. The jacket was indestructible. In the end, we placed the jacket back into the box from which it came, bolted it up, and slid it into the deepest, darkest corner that existed under the basement stairs. I enclosed a note with the jacket which read, Do not put on this jacket. It is evil. 
I spent the weekend with the kids at the orphanage trying my best to undo the possible lifelong harm I may have caused. I bought the little boy who asked for the toy car the best remote-controlled car I could find at the nearest store. The little girl who requested a new doll got exactly what she asked for, courtesy of old Santa here. And as for the little girl who asked for a new mommy and daddy, I adopted her. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Most of my books are now available as audiobooks. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash audiobooks. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, there's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look. It's super cool. Go on. Do it. Right now. Go. ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support.